Razorback defensive coordinator Barry Odom has a new gig over in Sin City. We'll talk about that as well as some new little things that have come into play as far as who could be the next defensive coordinator for Arkansas. We'll also dive into what was an ugly win for the Razorback basketball team and Rocket Sanders getting snubbed once again. It's all coming up on today's Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I'm your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday, the middle part of the week. And uh, I'm still getting over the stuff that I'm dealing with, but I think I think it's going to be over with here soon. Jeez, it just keeps lingering around. But I know a lot of people are dealing with sickness right now. So hopefully everybody is uh, trying to stay as healthy as possible there. But uh, this was uh, some significant news that happened yesterday and actually happened uh, early afternoon that I will say that I wasn't really expecting it to happen. I don't think anybody was expecting it to happen, but significant news nonetheless for Razorback football, and that is Barry Odom, the defensive coordinator, has left his position at Arkansas to become the new head coach of UNLV. He was uh, officially accepted the position yesterday. He was on a plane. He met with the team yesterday. Like It went, qu- it went quick, very quick there at UNLV, and it looks like that uh, he's going to be excited about that opportunity. I got to see some of the videos of him over there meeting with the team and some of the getting off the plane and everything. So he's got a lot of excitement uh, going on and into a program at UNLV that this is what's wild about it. UNLV uh, has not has only had one winning record since 2013. In 2013 was their last winning record, I should say. They went 7-6, and six, and then prior to that, the last winning season they had was when they beat Arkansas in the Vegas Bowl in 2000 to go to 7-6. and six. So you're talking about a program that has been really bad for a very long time, and Barry Odom has, uh, has made that move. He says, quote, uh, the moment I knew this job was open, I knew that I wanted it. That's what he told to the players and everybody. But this is uh, coming as now uh, an interesting thing for Sam Pittman and the staff to try to deal with. And I think it even surprised Sam Pittman because they were out recruiting. And I think that the Tulsa job fell through because they couldn't figure out how to make Barry Odom's contract work in the way that he wanted it to. So I kind of felt like, okay, well, Tulsa job didn't work out. Then maybe he's going to stay at Arkansas after all. But UNLV, I guess, was in the market and they made the move, move quickly. And there you go. Now, there's some interesting things, too, about this. And credit uh, wholehogsports.com for for writing it up and getting into the nitty gritty of the contract. Because we know that Mar- uh, Barry Odom received a pay raise back earlier this year for $1.85 million salary uh, to be the defensive coordinator, which is the largest ever for the non-head coach at Arkansas. And now seeing through the in a Freedom of Information Act that this is actually coming from the Southwest Times, they reported that Odom will be paid $1.75 million in his first year for a five-year contract. So he's actually taking a pay cut as a, at least in the first year, to go from being the Arkansas defensive coordinator to being the head coach at UNLV. 
We know that Arkansas has struggled defensively this year as they were 11th in scoring in the SEC and 13th in total defense this year. They plagued with injuries. It's really bad, but now it is official. It is done, and Barry Odom is moving on. So I will say this because there's a lot of opinions for people about Barry Odom and the job that he did here at Arkansas. Because when I saw the reactions yesterday, there were a lot of people that were sad, a lot of people that didn't want him to leave. And there were some people that were saying, good riddance. This is better for Arkansas. This is what they needed to do. They can just you know, move on now and finally uh, try something new here because the defense with Barry Odom wasn't working. You know, I don't, I don't find myself in that camp. I still think Barry Odom is a phenomenal defensive coordinator. I, I think that he wanted an opportunity to be a head coach again, which is awesome, and he's pursuing his dreams and wish him nothing but the best of luck over there at UNLV. But there was something about the way that defenses go in the modern era of college football that people have to realize in most of these cases. Now, we know that at Arkansas, you're always going to be behind the eight ball when it comes to the elite talent across the board that other the blue blood programs end up getting like Bama, Georgia, LSU. Like we all know that. It's not to say you can't win with that, but we know that the talent level is always going to be something that you got to keep everybody healthy. You got to get all the stars aligned. You got to be able to hit that portal greatly. It all has to come together for you to have some sort of success, whether it's offensively, defensively, or just as a team in general here in the SEC. We know that. But when you think about Arkansas specifically, and just think about the past 15, 20 years, the defenses that stood out to you the most, they haven't had a whole lot of great defenses. They've had really great offenses at times. But think back to the defenses that really stood out to you. Now, I don't know about you, but the defense that stood out to me the most will always be that 2014 defense that Arkansas had. Brett Bielma, Rob Smith was the defensive coordinator. And you had a team that went six and six. And it wasn't the defense's fault. The offense couldn't hold up their end, but Arkansas's defense was able to put guys in position and really do a good job of holding a lot of teams, really good teams, to low offensive outputs. In fact, if I remember correctly, Arkansas ended up finishing 10th in the country in, in defense that year because they were so good at just getting to the quarterback, stopping the run, and causing some problems. Now, a lot of people said, well, that's because of Rob, like Rob Smith, man. This guy's amazing. This guy's a great defensive coordinator. And I'm not saying that Rob Smith didn't do a good job. But the reality of it is that that team that Rob Smith was coaching had bona fide NFL players on it. Multiple guys. That team had Trey Flowers, Darius Phylon, and Dietrich Wise. All three of those guys on the defensive line. Three or four guys were bona fide NFL players, still playing today. Dietrich Wise is up at the Patriots. He's doing great things. I know Trey Flowers dealt with a lot of injury, but he was drafted highly and played uh, uh, years there with the Patriots and also with the Lions. Phylon as well. Like, you had dudes on that defensive line. Then you had Martrell Spate, who was a really good linebacker. First team All-SEC, one of the best linebackers you'll ever see. Call that Bermuda Triangle. You had him in the linebacker position, all right? You have Tevin Mitchell in the secondary, a guy that played in the NFL and had a had a good run there, too. You had guys that played in the NFL, guys that got drafted, guys that were in good positions, all of those things, and then they were complemented with solid college players, guys like Brooks Ellis, 
guys like Jared Collins, you know, th those dudes that were able to just be not the high level NFL players, Rohan Gaines, another one, but solid college players to go along with it. That's why that defense wasn't elite. Players, talent, high level talent guys, NFL talent guys. That's why that defense was so good. Now, if you look at this year's defense or just here with Barry Odom, I mean, how many NFL players has Barry Odom coached on this defense just in three years since he's been here? I mean, Drew Sanders in his one year is definitely an NFL player, but look how great he was. Look, look, look what he was able to do. You know, I think that, you know, maybe Bumper Pool will have a chance at maybe getting on a team. I don't know if he'll actually play or not, but he could find himself in a, in a way to possibly get drafted. We'll see what the entries end up holding for him. John Ridgeway, he was really good, made a difference, right? He played in the NFL. He's playing in the NFL right now. How about that? Uh, you think about uh, some of the secondary guys, you know, Catalan, will he be drafted in the NFL? We'll see. But the point is, is that there's not as many. You had some really good players. Some guys that might be good enough to play into the NFL. We'll see. But for the most part, you didn't have just a, an overall plethora of those high-level, talented guys. And it was evident. So it becomes a partnership. When, it, when a defensive coordinator like Barry Odom, you know how great he would be if he just had the quality players to go along with it. Everybody wants the best players. I mean, everybody does. But... You got to get them there. And we can talk about that being on the recruiting side of things for Odom and the defensive staff. Absolutely could could make mention of that and say that that could be uh, a, a problem. Like all of that can be true at the same time. But the point is, is I don't want anybody to look at what Barry Odom did here at Arkansas and say, well, good riddance. Uh, he wasn't any good anyways. Honestly, folks, he did as good of a job as you probably could have asked. Now, there was times it broke down. We know the secondary was awful here in the beginning of the year and injuries plagued them and, and, and all of that. We get it. We understand that. But I do believe that if you just get the players to come in, anybody, or at least at least a good defensive coordinator like Barry Odom can have a high-level success here at Arkansas. It's easier said than done. But defense, almost more so than offense. Because offense, you can have systems, you can have you know, offensive setups that just are great on play calling and development and plays and all that. But on defense, you just got to have dudes. So we'll see where Arkansas ends up going for the defensive coordinator slot uh, as it is open. And this will be Sam Pittman's first big challenge where he's having to replace a coordinator for the first time since being at Arkansas. He hired two, say what you want about him, two phenomenal coordinators, coordinators that were well-respected and highly regarded and everybody wanted them. He hired him. Now let's see what he ends up doing when he has to replace one of them. And I think that everybody is just throwing around a bunch of names and, and everything. And this is, I don't know. Like, here's the thing. I don't know what Sam Pittman's going to do. I have no idea who they're looking at. Like, I, I just, I just don't, I don't know. But it is a little bit interesting that Jim Leonard, who was the interim coach up at Wisconsin while they were going through their transition. And everybody was talking about how great he was. He wanted the head coaching job. And honestly saying that he's one of the best defensive-minded coaches out there on the market. Well, he was staying for the bowl game for Wisconsin, but he also announced that after the bowl game, he's no longer going to be a part of the staff. He's going to remain the D.C., but once the season is over with the bowl game, he's going to be moving on. Again, not saying that Arkansas has – I have no evidence. I have no connections. I have no like, reasons to believe for sure that he would, Jim Leonard would come to Arkansas. I have no idea. 
but he'd be that definitely be worth a phone call. And the fact that he announced that that day and the same day that Barry Odo announced he was leaving, I was just like, okay, well, maybe, you know, because I remember thinking it was crazy that Barry Odom came to Arkansas. Maybe, maybe Pittman and Jim Leonard have some sort of relationship. I don't know. I'm just, I'm spitballing here. I'm just throwing things against the wall, but something like that would be pretty incredible. But at the end of the day, I think that Sam Pittman has enough connections and enough people that he can talk to and has talked to and had a relationship with uh, friendship working relationship, whatever it is, to be able to bring in somebody of note and bring in somebody that will get the job done. I just want to see defenses that are sound, fundamental, bend, not break. I want to see the offense be electric and because that's how, at a, at a place like Arkansas, that's how you're going to win. Let's be honest about it. You're not going to win at Arkansas just banking on getting five-star talent and that's all you like. You have to be able to have a certain way of doing things where if you're a team like Arkansas, and that's not just like thing to Arkansas. It's a thing to Ole Miss. It's a thing to Tennessee. It's these other schools to win high-level offense, decent enough defense, win you some games. That's what it comes down to. We'll see how it plays out, but, man, could you imagine if Jim Leonard came down here to Arkansas? Boy, I'd crap my pants. An excitement, at least in that regard. <laughs> we'll talk about it and more with the Razorback basketball team and ooh, that thing last night. but. Yeah, I tell you, folks, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster. It's really difficult to do. I know so many people that have local businesses here in the state of Arkansas that finding good help is hard. It's hard to find people that are qualified or people that you feel trustworthy that they're going to come in and do a really good job because it's just people don't go into the the ads in the newspaper or they don't go into, uh, you know, the phone book, just start calling around. Hey, you got any jobs there? You don't put help wanted signs in the windows and expect people to come up. It's old fashioned, but LinkedIn jobs takes care of it all. It makes it easy, makes it fast, makes it convenient. So you got to check it out when it comes to hiring the most qualified and the best help possible for your business. And they get you the candidates that you want to talk to faster at LinkedIn Jobs. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, which hopefully you guys like my new little graphics here on the YouTube page. I'm highfalutin now, boys. But um, uh, Razorback basketball took place last night against uh, UNC Greensboro. And this game, going into it, UNC Greensboro is not a good team. They were four and five. They were not good offensively. They were not good defensively. They just weren't a good basketball team in any way, shape, and form. Arkansas was favored by 20 and a half points. Uh, it's, it's just, it felt like this was going to be a game that Arkansas should just go in and take care of business and not even worry about it. Well, that did not happen at all. At all. Arkansas ended up winning, but it was a disgusting basketball game. So I'm not going to ever apologize for a win. I'm not ever going to come on here and say all these awful things after a win 
because winning is all that matters at the end of the day. Nobody at the end of the season, if Arkansas wins a national championship, is going to say, yeah, but was, wasn't that valid, though, because they barely beat UNC Greensboro back in December. No one's going to say that, but that was definitely a performance that I hope I never see again. Hope it doesn't happen this weekend against Oklahoma for sure. And hopefully it's one of those things that they just get out of their systems and end up moving forward. But Arkansas wins 65-58. to 58. At halftime, Arkansas was down 26 to 21. They scored 21 points in the first half. They shot 9 of 30 from the field in the first half, 0 of 8 from 3, and 3 of 6 from the free throw line. Luckily for Arkansas, uh, UNC Greensboro was really trash, and they the fact that Arkansas was only down by 5 points at halftime is the most incredible thing I've ever seen because there were so many turnovers, so many bad plays, so many bad shot selections. Second half, obviously, got a lot better. Arkansas scored 44 points. Still didn't shoot great. They shot uh, 37% from the field, 30% from three. But free throws is really where they won the game. They went 23 of 27 in the second half, 85%, and that was a huge difference in the game. But Nick Smith led the way, played nearly every minute of this game, 39 minutes, so it looks like he's back to all the minutes that he can possibly get. He had 22 uh, points in this game, so that was huge. Four Total rebounds, as well as three assists, one steal, one block, and uh, only tur two turnovers. Shot six of 14, nine of 11 from the free throw line. and Ended up being a huge difference for Arkansas in this game. So uh, he had 22 points. He had Anthony Black come in, who struggled there in the beginning, but was just really efficient. He doesn't shoot the ball a whole lot, but he goes four of eight. He has 11 points in this game, as well as five rebounds, two assists, and also a block shot. He did really good. Makai Mitchell, though, may have been the player of the game as far as the sat lines, besides Nick Smith, because he played uh, 32 minutes, didn't shoot the ball a whole lot, but went had 13 points, 14 rebounds, one assist, two steals, and four block shots without a single turnover. So he really had uh, a great game, great game for the Razorbacks there. Council struggled, probably is, I don't think it's probably, it's his worst game as a Razorback so far. He had eight points on one of seven shooting, uh, did have uh, three rebounds, two assists, and three turnovers. So not a great performance out of him. And uh, also, Devo Davis, man. Uh, I know that Devo did some, he had 10 points and 10 rebounds. He did have a double double in this game, but uh, he's shooting too much. I'm going to be honest about that. Uh, he had three turnovers as well as three steals. Like, he's shooting too much. He shot, he went three of 13, 0 of three from the three point line. I don't want Devo shooting that much. I don't want Devo to be the guy that's taking the second most amount shots in a game behind Nick Smith by one. Like, I, and I like Devo. Don't get me wrong. I think he brings a lot of different elements to the team and to a lot of these games. But I just I just don't like seeing that. I don't like seeing him taking threes. And again, it's it's if you're wide open and nobody's around, I don't mind it. But this just dribbling around and firing one up, I, I just was not a fan of that at all. Arkansas had only nine assists as a team and 12 turnovers. That's not a good, that's not a good ratio. It's not the ratio you want to see. Uh, too many turnovers, not enough assists, just an overall weird game. But the scariest thing about it, too, uh, was Trevin Brazil. He went down uh, with a knee injury, got carried off the court and helped off the court and then ended up uh, being in sweats the rest of the game. Now, we don't know at the time of this recording of this podcast, we don't know anything that Eric Musselman said they're going to have to wait and see today as far as the test results coming back on the extent of the injury. The broadcast at the SEC Network last night, they said that they were told that it's not a long-term injury. 
So that's good, I guess, on the surface. Got to wait to see the test results back. But not having Brazil is going to be huge. And so hopefully it's nothing serious. Hopefully he's good to go and won't be out for too long of a period of time. But it's definitely a scary moment and something that, uh, you know, Arkansas is still a really good team regardless. But Brazil's definitely a guy that you have to have on this team if you want to really take that next step and be a national championship contender. that You just can't lose him. He didn't have a great game last night anyways, but we know what he's capable of. We know the type of player he can be. So hopefully he ends up getting back in quick, fast, and in a hurry and doing some big things for him too. So we'll wait and see how that goes. Hopefully, again, it's not too serious. But uh, Arkansas wins. Uh, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So they have Oklahoma coming up this Saturday. We'll see how they uh, end up playing against them. Hopefully it's a lot better than what we saw against uh, UNC Greensboro. And Arkansas owes a little bit of revenge in Tulsa for last year's game. Because that was terrible. That was a terrible game for Arkansas. And uh, <laughs> I think they followed that one up with Hofstra. Which I guess in this case, they follow up this game with Bradley here in uh, North Little Rock. So it's big. It's a big one. But uh, I don't know. I'm just really... Like, people are freaking out about last night's game and saying it's it's the sky's falling. This team's not good enough. Stop. Stop. Like, people were tweeting at me like, hey, you know, I, I don't know how you can be so okay with what you just saw in that performance. I don't know how you can be okay with that. Well, it's easy. Because, as I just mentioned, last year I saw a basketball team that lost to Oklahoma, got smoked. I saw a basketball team that lost to Hofstra in Little Rock. I saw a team that lost to a bad Mississippi State team, got beat by them really handedly. I saw a team that lost to Vanderbilt at home, a trash Vanderbilt team. I saw a team that got beat by Texas A&M on the road. Like I saw them lose to three straight teams that did not make the NCAA tournament in conference play. <coughs> and guess what? They went to the Elite Eight. One game does not phase me, folks. One game should not phase you either. It should be okay. I think they're going to be okay. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, and news and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. They got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get on your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more over at BetOnline, where the game starts. You are locked on Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast here. And um, Rocket Sanders got snubbed again. Now, I'm, y'all probably don't care about this as much as I do. I, I get it. Like, there, it's not as big of a deal is maybe what I try to make it out to be because it does really, really bother me. But six Razorbacks were named to the all-SEC coaches team in the SEC. So, like, that's awesome. Six. In fact, it's the most that Arkansas has had since 2011 when they had seven. Just really cool. Ricky Stromberg and Drew Sanders and Rocket Sanders, Bumper Pool, and Dwight McLaughlin all were mentioned into uh, these teams, as well as Jake Bates, the kickoff specialist. So... First team, though, you had Ricky Stromberg, Drew Sanders, and Jake Bates as first team All-SEC. But you had Rocket Sanders as second team. Now, Bumper Pool and Dwight McLaughlin being on second team, okay, makes sense. Can't believe there wasn't any love for Dalton Wagner, but that's okay. But Rocket Sanders at 
at second team. Well, well, who 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 was the ones that ended up uh, ended up passing him? Well, let's find out because. <laughs> Judkins from Ole Miss, first team All-SEC, can't hate on it. It's the right move. It's the right move. Understandable. He had a great year. Him being first team, zero problem with it. A-Chain from Texas A&M. He made first team All-SEC. A-Chain. Well, what kind of year did A-Chain have, though? I mean, let's be honest about it. Because it could have been one of those years where he just had a really good season and and maybe people didn't recognize it because of the fact that AM was such a bad team. You know, maybe it was something like that. No, it wasn't. It wasn't something like that. Let's compare, shall we? Rocket Sanders. 1426 yards rushing, 10 touchdowns on the ground, 271 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. That's pretty good all while averaging 6.5 yards a carry, okay? 6.5 yards a carry. Those are his numbers. Devin A-Chain or Devon A-Chain? 1,102 yards, over 300 yards less than Rocket Sanders. 5.6 yards a carry, a full yard less per carry. Eight touchdowns on the ground. Two less than Rocket Sanders. 196 receiving yards. Almost 100 yards less than Rocket Sanders. And three receiving touchdowns. One more than Rocket Sanders. <laughs> I want names. All right? I know coaches don't actually vote on this crap. It's probably the SIDs. It's probably, you know... Somebody else out there, they're just like, here, hand this and, and vote on it and just let leave me alone and let me know what you end up doing. But it is the most egregious type of thing that happens here where Rocket Sanders does not get the due credit that he deserves. First team All-SEC is a big deal. I know he got an AP. That's great. He deserves it. And that's the way it should be. But the fact that in coaches kept him from being a unanimous All-SEC first teamer is disgusting. It's disgusting. AM was a worse team. A chain was a worse running back. Now, he had a good year, but Rocket beat him significantly in every statistical category except for receiving touchdowns, where it was three to two. I guess that that's the difference. Rocket should have caught more touchdown passes as a running back, so he could have been all SEC first team running back. And people want to know why people don't trust anyone in the SEC when it comes to voting for Arkansas. I, any of those things. But I just, I do not understand how this continues to happen. Like, I, I get that. There's a lot of examples that people always look up, but this is my favorite one. If you ever need other reasons to believe that there's some sort of rigged deal in uh, the SEC. But I'll never forget when Mason Jones in basketball did not win SEC Player of the Year. Instead, it was Emmanuel Quickly from Kentucky. And I looked at the stats, and this is a great tweet from my buddy Devin. He always says, Jones versus Quickly. That year, Mason had better points per game more rebounds per game, more assists per game, better field, field goal percentage, 
most times named SEC Player of the Week, most 30 points in 30 point games in the SEC this century, and also steals was better than steals. But the only thing that Emmanuel quickly had was that he played at Kentucky. That's the type of thing that happens more often than not. And I think this is what happens with Rocket Sanders. Again, it's the coaches, at least he got in the AP, but there's something special about being unanimous. First team all SEC. There's something unique about that. And the fact that he was left off the list is trash. Trash. I want names. I want to know who did this. I want to know who thought that A-Chain from Texas freaking A&M was better than Rocket Sanders, who destroyed him in every statistical category that matters as a running back. Destroyed him. Sorry about that, Rocket. If you come to Arkansas, you're never going to have the respect that you deserve, at least from the national perspective. But at least we'll love you. Your first team All-SEC in my book, buddy. And I'm sure that means so much to you and goes a long way with you too. Stupid. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.